Kesa. What I want to talk about today is another question which, again, starting with the questions which are probably most common, and because it's those areas where a person with a, let's say, Western or modern mindset has difficulty understanding Yiddishkeit, has difficulty understanding Torah, and you know, we want to, as always, present the Torah position correctly, for us to understand it ourselves, and uh, then deal with different ways a question can be asked and how to approach that. So, the topic I would call, what I want to discuss today, uh, what I want to call tolerance. Because in today's society, so the key word is that one can be accepting of everything. Everything's okay. You, do, you can spend the, your life the way you want to spend your life, I'll spend my life the way I want to spend my life. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to comment or complain or disagree with your life choices. And so the same thing, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Everything's acceptable, everything's okay. And then, obviously, there's, if that's the case, so if we're accepting of everything, so then there's nothing which is I can take objection to what someone else is doing because if they want to do it, then that's acceptable. In other words, you, everything which has been described as Defining things by the lowest common denominator, which means anything which anybody would want to do is okay. So then, uh, anything which is not okay is things no one would do. But as long as the people are doing it, so then okay, that's acceptable. That's acceptable, and uh, you have to accept other people's choices or be accommodating of other people's interests or whatever it's going to be. And that's that's considered to be a virtue. It's considered to be a sign of a progressive society that we. We, uh, that people consider the society to be more accepting of differences and more uh, willing to be non-judgmental and uh, allow freedom of people to do whatever they want and someone who was brought up with that society and someone who was brought up with that worldview, so they're going to have a lot of difficulty understanding the Torah because the Torah definitely doesn't subscribe to that the Torah says there's clearly a concept of right and wrong and only that, the Torah uh, Sets out a system of which we can't enforce it because we don't have a base in, but when there would be a base in, sets out to force a system of how to enforce what's right and wrong and how to punish wrongdoers. And then, so we need to first understand for ourselves the terrorist position and then afterwards learn how to answer the questions we're going to get asked. So, the first point, and that is the, for people who are used to today's society's way of thinking. Why isn't acceptance, why isn't tolerance, why isn't that considered a good thing? Uh, the fact that a person is willing to uh, be, look beyond differences and nevertheless manage to get along with everybody regardless of their personal thoughts or ideas, whatever it's going to be. So the answer is, firstly for ourselves, the MS is not a mile, it's a chisar. It's a big chisar because it means nothing has any real value. Nothing has any real value, and if that's the case, it makes no difference. And if a person doesn't know, already thinks things don't make a difference, then it's true. Why should I make, you can do what you want, I'll do what I want. It makes no difference anyway. In other words, if we go into an ice cream store together, and I choose vanilla and you choose chocolate, I'm not going to argue with you about it, because what's the difference? I like vanilla, you like chocolate. I'm entitled to my opinion, you're entitled to yours. Nothing's going to make any difference because of that. So if people look at everything in life as a choice of, I like vanilla, you like chocolate. 
so then do what you like because nothing has any real significance anyway. But if something does have significance, which means that something is important and it's going to make a difference, so then I can't take that attitude and say, well, it doesn't make a difference anyway. You do this and I'll do that because there's none of Kamina. If we understand that there is, we understand that things do make a difference, so then we can't afford to take an attitude. Let me explain what I mean. And so now my marshal is a marshal brought many times before, and that is uh, that just like you understand that if my next door neighbor decides how he wants to invest his money, it's none of my business, I don't care, he can do what he wants. But if it's my partner and we're working together, he wants to decide how to invest the money, then I'm not going to take that attitude of saying, well, no, to do what you want, I don't really care, because now I feel it makes a difference to me. And if that's the case, now I definitely don't want you to do whatever you want to do. I feel, I feel I'm going to get affected by it. And if it's going to be not just a question of money, it's going to affect that's the image of our business. So of course I'm going to have an interest in what you do, because it's affecting me. And uh, therefore, the, the attitude of I don't take a stand, I don't get involved, people can do what they want, comes from a point of indifference, comes from a point of it doesn't make a difference anyway, so I don't really care. I don't really care, and therefore, since nothing's important to me about what you do, so therefore you can do what you want. Uh, because when something does become important, then even today, if it's, things, if it's important to me, then of course, I, of course I'm going to take a stand. Of course it's going to affect me. Okay, so where does that world view come from? Advancement comes from two starting points. Number one, obviously, is queer, which means the person doesn't really think that there's anything which is uh, an um, empirical value, something which is something which is uh, going to make, which is in, enforceable or meant to be something that everybody does. So it's true. There's no real value anyway. Everyone can choose how they want to live their lives. Why should I get involved with somebody else? But if it's something which I understand. Number one, there is an absolute value. And number two, what someone else does affects me. So of course, it makes a difference to me. So I'm going to have a stand in it. And therefore, just like I'm going to have a stand against somebody who threatens my security or threatens my safety or threatens me in any other way, so then same thing here. If, if someone's doing something which is, I feel is a threat to me, so of course I'm against it. And I understand right why, why I get harmed by it. And that's why even those same people who are very accepting and understand why you know, various uh, guerrilla groups or terrorist organizations can run around other parts of the world expressing their beliefs and shooting people. If it would be in, on their block, they would definitely wouldn't be so accepting of it because now they feel threatened by it. And uh, that's why, it's, uh, even, even today, in uh, the most progressive society there's going to be, there still needs to be a police force because no one's accepting the fact that people are doing crimes there next door to them. They, they feel they're going to get harmed and they have, a, they have something to say about it. And uh, while they don't care about anything else, because they don't feel it has any, doesn't, has any effect on them. Okay, so that's, that's the chisarin, so to speak. The chisarin comes from a sense of, it doesn't make a difference to me, and that's why I don't care. Now, the way the Torah shows us things is, as we saw in Nasus Pasha, before in this week's Pasha, and that is, it makes a very big difference. It makes a very big difference. Just like Hashem judges the world as a whole and judges each place as a whole and judges each community as a whole. So then I'm going to get judged together with everybody else and if that's the case, what they're doing directly impacts me. I'm going to get judged part of a group and they're part of the group I'm being judged as the part of. Like we know, HaKadosh Baruch judges each country. Whatever it's going to be. It's judged by a place. And it's judged by a community, and it's judged by the world as a whole. 
And if that's the case, the fact that somebody else is doing something which I understand is going to is going to affect me. So then of course it's something I'm going to I'm going to have a stand about. And the Torah itself says this a few times. And the Torah when it introduces the idea of our base and have to step in and let the Torah be Aritzaramikribecha and to destroy the evil among you. And when the Torah wants to explain why is it Basin's job, because otherwise Hashem is going to punish. Otherwise Hashem is going to punish. If we allow evil to fester, then Akadosh Baruch is going to take care of the evil. But then it's a society where evil's where evil's given free reign. It's a society where evil is given free reign. And if we're going to do, take steps to show that we don't support it, we don't accept it, we try our best to, uh, to, stop, to end it, or to, in case we had a base and, and we were able to punish the perpetrators, okay, so then at least we're making a stand that this isn't defining society. This isn't defining our society. And then we've destroyed, so to speak, the source of what's bad from ourselves. Now, there's a corollary question to this, which is, uh, which again, people have difficulty understanding, and that is, they can understand when it comes to, let's say, those uh, avarice, which which are d- destructive to society, why this is important, and that, such as Ritzich, or such as Arias, or such as Gazel, or all the basic, all the Shabbat But anything which is like, well, how does it affect you if that person's eating trade, or that person's eating Mechal Shabbos, the idea of how someone else's Shmir uh, Satara affects other people. We'll leave for a different discussion because it's based on a different principle. But for right now, we do, we're addressing the idea of why I should why I should make a difference to me, what somebody else does, and therefore why I should be judgmental of that person who's right or who's wrong. And uh, Jews, sorry, even to a certain extent, even unjust. A place gets decided by everyone in the place, and if it's a place which is corrupt, then she's going to decide what to do with the place. And therefore, again, uh, what to do physically, there isn't much we can do today because we don't have a base in. But definitely, as far as my, uh, if I have an opinion, then I definitely have an opinion that things are wrong and shouldn't be done. I don't accept everything's okay. I don't accept that everyone can do what they want and it doesn't make a difference to me because I know that it does. Okay, that's the first point. Now, uh, once again, so what's the way I'm meant to address the people who I don't hold of or I feel are doing the wrong thing? There's also not our discussion right now. We're right now we're talking about, and we will talk about that, but right now our discussion really is, is on the conceptual level. And that is, am you, are, are you accepting of what other people do? You know, do you believe in pluralism or in, in universalism or anything else you want to call it? And I can allow everybody to do what they want and I'm accepting. Let them make their own decisions in life. I don't have to have an opinion about them. And the answer is no, the Torah doesn't accept that. The Torah does have a sense of right and wrong. And because of that, uh, then if something's wrong, then I hold it wrong. So the first point is, it doesn't affect me. The second point that this middah, which the world has, comes from, is clear, like I said before. And that is, it comes from the argument, and this is always promoted in the universities, and that is, who, does, who, who decides the standards? Who decides what's right and what's wrong? So because you have a certain opinion, you're going to impose your opinion on other people? They think differently to you. You think this is wrong, they think it's right. You think something's right, they think that's wrong. So who gives you the right to make standards for other people? And therefore, if, if, I'm, if I'm not in a position to be the one to, to set those standards, so then what right do I have to judge other people by standards which they don't have to, which they don't have to comply with? And like I said, this is, a, this is a good argument for philosophy if you're starting on the backdrop that you don't accept Hashem. Because, okay, so if one culture accepts one thing to be a value, so then how do you have the right to determine for somebody else? If, uh, 
Nazi Germany decided that the ultimate value is killing Jews. So, you might, so who, who gave you the right to disagree with them? You said your values, let them say this. What's bad about it? Or any other culture which does what they want to do? Okay, so who, who put you in the power position to make decisions for them? You can, they decide what's right for them, you decide what's right for you. And again, that's coming from a starting point of Kira, which means it's coming from that any value is a human, uh, a human-made maila, uh, and if that's the case, so then what people, what people think can be disagreed with what other people think. And uh, that's also something we don't accept. Values, uh, what's considered right and wrong, comes from Hashem. It comes from Hashem, and then of course He has the right to decide. He created everybody, and He can set the system as well. And if that's the case, we're not inventing our own values, we are, we are merely accepting the values which Hashem created and Hashem created in the world. And then, so there's no argument anymore of uh, who gets to decide or what gives you the right to make decisions. It's not me and it's not my decisions. I believe our Kaddish Baruch created the world and He made the decisions and He set down the rules. And that's okay. So I'm loyal to the rules that the Creator created. It has nothing to do with my personal preference. And now, again, for ourselves, that's, a very, that's the Isle of Peace. That's the other place. Something's wrong because it, Hashem said it's wrong. And if Hashem didn't say it's wrong, okay, so we don't have to argue about it. There's nothing bad about it. And why this is important is because if you understand this starting point, and uh, again, I've spoken there for us, and now there's, there's two points which is very important to know if you're going to answer or debate the point with other people. The two, and this goes back to the first year I gave of the common pitfalls in answering questions or in trying to present Hashgraphic. And that is... And they're both very, very negative, yeah, and people often make these two, either of these two mistakes. The first one, the first one, and that is, if that's the case, you have to sometimes, start, the starting point is, value is what Hashem said is right and wrong. That's the objective, empirical, right and wrong. Don't, get, don't start with time here, to explain that, because there are exceptions. And if there are going to be exceptions, then you're going to get stuck with, uh, you're going to get stuck with the logic. And you're going to have to go back to the fact that what Kaddish Baruch tells us is right, is right. More than that, we don't have an opinion. For example, is it wrong to marry a relative? Is there something morally objectionable about marrying a relative? Is it wrong? So, the answer is, yes, because the Torah says you can't. Okay, what about marrying a sister-in-law? Is something wrong? Well, we know the Torah says it depends. If she has children, then it's also. And if she doesn't, then it's a mythical diva. So now, you can't give, if you're going to start with rationales of why the Torah doesn't want people marrying relatives, you're going to get stuck. Because the Torah doesn't have a blanket rule you can never marry a sister-in-law. It depends on the case. And if that's the case, our starting point is going to be the Torah prescribes value. Hashem is the Baira, and He can decide what's right and wrong, and we're not making up the theory. We're just following the theory He set. That gives us the moral high ground of we're not, we're not imposing our will on you. That's what Hashem said. One thing at a time. Uh, it gives you the moral high ground of that. I'm not. I'm not the one who's imposing value. I'm merely uh, accepting what the Creator said. And that's the first point. And secondly, I don't get stuck then in mitzvahs which I'm going to have exceptions to. Like I said, Yibum. I'll give you other examples also. And then I'm going to get, then how are you going to justify that morally? The moral justification is. That the creator decided, and, I'm, and that he decides right or wrong, that's what I accept. Now, now, if that's going to lead to a side point of is there a creator and how does there a creator, that's fine. But we can explain very easily. It's a separate discussion of how to prove the way, that's an easy thing to do. But that's, that's our first point. The second thing to avoid is if that's the case, and I've said this before, and here's where it's one of the cases where it's very, very negative, and that is if we're going to work on accepting what, we, what was right and wrong based on Torah, 
then leave it with the Torah. Don't try and, uh, try and argue for things which various groups of Klai Yisrael consider right or wrong, because then you don't have that moral backup of the Torah, it's what, and then you can argue. It's people decided right, people decided this, who said they have the right to do that. And that's often where this argument is going to go to, because well, people will look for examples, they're going to look at things that they think from Jews are doing, and they're going to say, well, how do you justify that? And if it's not what the Torah says, don't try. It's not going to go anywhere. So they're going to say, how do you justify throwing cars at, cars, uh, throwing stones at people who drive on Shabbos? Or how do you justify protesting against the Israeli government? Or whatever else is going to be, it doesn't make a difference. You're not. That's not the discussion. What's the, what, what the, 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 the objective value is what the Torah says. If it's not the Torah, okay. So people have different opinions. That's not the discussion right now. My job is not to justify any. My job is not to argue about it. That wasn't what we came to talk about. The topic is, the Torah describes value, the Torah describes the system, I'm loyal to the Torah, what the Torah says is right and wrong, and that's the case. I have the moral right to say that something going against that system is wrong. And, uh, and that's, that's uh, regarding the second argument of who gave you the right to decide, and regarding the first argument, why do you care? I do care, because once the Torah says that this is wrong, then when, when a society becomes corrupt, the society gets punished. We have the Mabel, we have Storm, we have many other examples in more recent history, and of course, and then I get, I get affected by it. I'm just curious how, um, this could be not the right time to ask the question, but there's definitely a moral compass that people have within themselves, it's something that's not Torah-based, that people just generally know right and wrong. And I'm curious, is that something that you can relate to also in the conversation? Like, let's, say, let's say it's harder for them to accept the, the Torah's truth. Um, and, uh, and, and that guy, but you cannot be, you can say that everyone has this. this. It's, it's, I'll tell you, it's a dangerous route to go. I know people have tried it, and I've, I've seen where it lands up. And that is, the moral compass is not something which is absolute by everybody. A lot of it depends on your, your conditioning, your education, what you're used to. And because of that, the moral compass is not an accurate thing. There's some things, which depending on society, you can have people have a moral compass for. There's some things which, depending on society or depending on the people, you definitely can't. For example, is immorality wrong? Meaning? Meaning, uh, meaning relationships between unmarried people. Is it wrong? It's not a moral compass. It depends on the society you grew up in. A lot of people say there's nothing wrong with it. Well, so we, we, if you're going to rely on people's moral compass, it's not necessarily... The compass isn't always so accurate. All these things are very objective. No, but I'm saying you're talking to like any any people who actually want to listen to you. Everyone would agree that murder, rape, all these things, like bad stuff. Everyone would agree that their moral compass tells them it's wrong. It's not so true. It's not so true. Firstly, like I said, it doesn't help you because a lot of the things which don't fall under the radar that moral compass. People are different, and then once again, different societies consider different things wrong. Is uh, doing an abortion wrong? Murder. I consider you to be a murderer. Well, you want? Why? Where's your moral compass? Because some people are conditioned to think it's not wrong. And that's what I'm saying. To work with a moral compass isn't really going to help you too much. Yeah. How would I look at, for example, a Muslim killing a Jew? Not the brutality which there's no call for. They claim that, but that's what they have. They, they, as a, well, how do I look at the actual Arab Right, we're going to talk about that. It's a different discussion. Yeah. There isn't a, a difference between accepting and approving somebody? There's a difference between accepting and approving. When someone does something wrong, I don't approve it, but I accept him as a person. I accept that if I was in his shoes, 
um, with his conditioning, with his background, with his family, I may be doing the same thing. I, I definitely I hope I would not be doing the same thing. No. I don't approve it's the right thing to do. No, I do not approve and but I accept him. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, that's also it's a, it's a fallacy. It's because I can't do anything right. about it. Because if there was a basin, I would kill him. I wouldn't accept him. <laughs> if there was a basin, I would kill him. I wouldn't accept him. So what does that mean? Okay, so what am I accepting exactly? Walks in the room, not he doesn't he doesn't bother me. He's not he's not okay. He's being mechal shabbos. He's doing stuff that's wrong. So then it does not bother me. Then it does bother me. Again, how I react to him is a different story. That's what I'm talking about now. So but yes, it's without his without his clothing on, right? So I I don't approve of what he's doing, but I don't. He's obviously clearly not good in the head. So I I, I accept him as who he is. It's not like it's not like all of a sudden, you know. No, it's we'll a, get him out of the you you accepting means I'm happy to leave him the way he is. Now, what I choose to do about somebody, like I said before, I'm very limited to what I can do about somebody. But I say it's fine. I'm accepting him as he is. No, I can treat him like a person. It doesn't give me the right. So you don't accept him. So again, what am I going to do about him? So what it means is I don't think you're doing the right thing. I don't think you're doing the right thing. Now, can I change you? Can I influence you? Can I explain to you? And if that's the case, if I can try that, I'll try that. And if I can't, do I love him? Not the way he is. I can think he's a person, not the way he is. If I can try to change him, then I can say, right, you can't. So then I definitely won't like him. Again, go to the extreme. If I have a person who's carrying a gun and shooting people, and says, listen, you don't know my background, you'd also do this. And he shoots a few more people. I love him. No, I definitely don't love him. I might not be able to do anything about him. I might be hiding under the table. Threatened by him. Okay, That's so the, now you must go back to what I said before. When no, you see I, someone doing an avera, you're threatened by him. He's okay. making things worse for you. Look at it the same way. Now, what can I do about him is a different discussion. Society of was killed. That's, that's the reason. And any society, not just time. Yes, yes, because a child drives a society as a whole, and a person who's doing avera is ruining the society. And, the, 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 and like I said, we'll have to explain why this applies to all of areas because people don't understand that so, so easily. But yes, that's the way to look at it. So I'm, no, I try to help people. But, but if you don't, you're, you're messed up. You're essentially hating them. What? You hate everybody. Why can't you, why can't you, you love them as a person? It's, it's a fantasy. Again, I, I can change it. Yeah, but no, but what I'm saying, when it gets to the Mesa, what it means is, uh, of course, I want to help the person. And of course, I want the person to change. And of course, if I think that you become a good person, wonderful. But ask it to everybody. He's, he's a person who has the potential. And of course, if I have a way to work with him, I'll do that. I'll do that. But do I approve of what he's doing? No. And if he decides I'm for sure not going to change, I want to carry on doing this. So do I consider him somebody who's harming me? Then yes. Now, that's not what I want to tell him because it doesn't help anything. I'm always going to try and help, the, to try and work to change the person. Again, especially today when there's no other option. But if you ask, the, why do you look at a person who refuses to change? A person who insists on continuing to do a very, nothing you're going to say is going to make a difference. I look at them as somebody who's a threat to me. I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. But Lemay said he's causing damage. He's, he's, he's ruining the person. Again, in Hashem's eyes, he's adding to the various of Kaisra. But, uh, once again, I would never say this to the person. I'm saying now again to us. When you're going to talk about what's the right way to look at it, I want to help everyone. I want everyone to be a tzaddik. Of course, that's what we're trying to do. The way I look at somebody who's doing the wrong thing isn't with apathy. I don't say, well, I don't care. Do what you like. It hurts me doing the wrong thing. If I can stop you, that would be the first price. If I can convince you to change, that would be amazing. Of course I Because, yeah, of course. And not only that, you'd help everybody. Because there's a potential to be a tzaddik, like every Jew has. And if I could turn him into a tzaddik, that's wonderful. Not only helping himself, 
I'll be doing him the biggest chesed in the world. I'll be helping Klai Yisrael. Because now he's going to be on the side of adding merits to Klai Yisrael. So of course I want to do that. And of course I want to use any tools that I have to make it happen. But when I see somebody who's, let's say, let's say he's no longer enough. And he spent his lifetime just doing bad. So do I think of him as in, in retrospect, let's say, as a good person? No, I look at him as a person who was doing damage to Klai Yisrael. I can't do anything about it. But Lemaise, I don't say, well, he was a wonderful person, he just did things wrong. I look at it. If you're doing things wrong, you're harming me. How do you know if it's net damage or net good for someone's life? I'm not the judge. I don't have to know. When I see something wrong, it harms me. When I see something wrong, it harms me. And I feel it, it makes a difference to me. Just to, to acceptance which comes with a sense of apathy is not a good thing. Now, what Rebergwood says, is, and he's right, and that is, when I see someone doing wrong, it should hurt me enough that I want to help him do something right. It should hurt me enough that I want to go and change him. Yeah. And the fact that I know that Klai's... Well, why do you want to change him? He's hurting you. So I want, to, I, I want him to get better. You want to like, Sadek, it's okay, no, you if, get money. If, if I have... No, I don't. If I have, a way, cause if I have a way to convince him to change, that would be the best. You hate him. You shot, shot all your friends. No, again, I hate him for what he's doing. And if I can get him to change, then fantastic. Now, now, now I've turned him into a person who's doing the right thing. So you have that much presence that when the guy is shooting the gun, which is what you're saying in Avera is, to say... I love you, and I want to help you put down the gun, and it's all okay that you kill everybody. Uh, if you wanted to make it a practical question, if that same guy would point the gun at you, and tell me, and you say to him, to, and he would say to you, uh, what would you want me to do right now? I would say to him now, I would, say, I would like you to put down the gun and stop shooting people. Right? Right. And now I want to convince you why it's not a good thing to do. And then if that's the case, if I can get him to stop shooting people, then wonderful, I've achieved a lot. He's now not harming people anymore. And then you fully... You it depends on him. If he's going to come from, a, if he's going to come, come to a point of saying, now that you've convinced me, I'll never shoot people again. I realize this is the wrong thing. Show me how to improve. Fantastic. I've done a wonderful cure. Of, but it's the same thing. Sorry. If someone comes to your house, it's Michal Shabbat and he's coming to your house for Shabbat's meal. So obviously you accept him because he's inviting you to your house to eat your Shabbat's meal with you. But you don't accept the fact that it's Michal Shabbat and I don't at all. And the reason I'm accepting is to try to stop him doing that. Then where, where's the misdisconnect? What the real answer the real answer is you're right you're right but there's a concept of Chava the point to you, again if it didn't affect us you wouldn't bother why should we bother if it didn't make a difference to other people doing why leave them alone let them live their lives why are you getting involved it doesn't make a difference to you anyway so why do you care it's not it's more than that it has to come from a point of that it, it disturbs me it hurts me that they're doing the wrong thing and therefore I want to do, I want to change it now it doesn't have to develop into I hate the person so much I don't want anything to do with him on the contrary if the way that I can work with him is because of that that's, I'm going to channel that feeling that it disturbs me what people are doing wrong to want to try and help him change then that's the right way to, and then that's the approach I'm going to do that's going to push me to do it and uh, but, but for sure if it didn't affect me I would be completely, completely comfortable with people doing the wrong thing. There's a big concern in me.
just wondering, where does the, um, within this, I think there is something helpful about having a compassion, empathy of understanding where someone came from, what their background was, almost like seeing like people who are doing various in general as being I'm not, I'm not the judge. But I don't, I'm, not, I'm not accepting the fact people are doing Averis. Maybe I'm going off topic. That's what I want to talk about today. But to, if that's really what we're discussing. Uh, it's a mistake to think and that, that uh, Kilo, the way to go into Kirov is that you have no, you have no requirements from the non-full world. They're fine. They're doing good. I have no complaints about them. I'm offering them something like an alternative. And but really, uh, they can, I can justify them, and they completely find the way they are. That's not the right nalech. And if a person goes into goes into that world, and then that, that because they come habituated to people doing averes, and they become fully accepting of them, it's fine. It's fine. What do you want? It's okay. It's no problem. I have no I have no tainus on them. I have no nothing nothing so to speak that disturbs me about the fact that I say averes. That's one of the dangers of becoming losing your sensitivity for the Torah, and that's a problem. Now, I'm not saying that the way to attract, to deal with people is to fight with them, because it doesn't help. And on the contrary, if a person's going out to try and, try and work for Hashem, then it's because, one of the main reasons for this is because it affects me that I see Klai Yisrael doing the wrong thing. I see people in the I see people intermarrying, I see people doing whatever else wrong they're doing. It hurts me. And if it hurts me, it's from a place of, that's not what people should be doing. I don't accept it. I don't think it's right. I don't justify it. It's coming from a place of, but what am I going to do about it? So I think that if I go and explain to people how beautiful the Torah is, and I find a way to bring them around, then I'm achieving a lot, because now I'm turning people from doing the wrong thing to the right thing. If I really don't care what people are doing, so then leave them alone. And therefore the Nakura always has to be, again, the, to, to get up and share, fight, fight is not going to achieve anything. To tell people I hate them is not going to achieve anything. The way to go is, like the Torah says, we want to we want to bring Klai Yisrael back to Hashem. We know that it's not good for them, and it's not for Klai Yisrael, and it's not good for anything. That people are doing the wrong thing, and I have to think, what's the best way to try and change it? What's the best way to try and change it? And But I have a very clear mission in mind, and that is I don't want there to be Klai Yisrael intermarrying, I don't want there to be Klai Yisrael going, going against the Torah. I consider that to be something bad, and I want them to change. And if it's going to, whatever Mahalaf is going to be to by convincing someone or by showing them the image which they might not have known about especially if they were to good but it's all gone from the same point but wherever it gets to a point is I'm fine you fine we all go the way we are then I've lost the point I've lost the importance of the, the mission I'm coming to do like in today's world there's a certain accepted idea that evil is because we're using the words even is only when it's negative to other people I know that and that's why that's why I said that answering we have to answer the then of why Bainalim Makam is, is, is also affects other people, and that's the question I was preempting. I know that that is understood. What do you care? It's premier Hashem. We have to answer the question separately. But the first one I wanted to talk about is the, the, the starting point, and that is what the, what, what's considered in the world to be a mailer of accepting everybody, everything's okay, you have no right to be judgmental, is not a Torah value. And let's get it clear for ourselves, it's not a Torah value. Where the Torah does have a right and wrong, Hashem is in a position to decide right and wrong, and then that's, a, that's what we say. We're not going to add anything. Yes, the most accepting personalities are not going to be successful in the Torah. I don't agree with you. 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 I don't ag
I said the way we're going to the way we're going to work needs a chachma, but what, the way a person feels has to be that it, it hurts them that Kaisal doing the wrong thing, How which means it's starting from the point that Kaisal doing the wrong thing. And if you want to use Rabbi Berkowitz as an example, if you listen carefully, this is what he says the whole time: a person has to feel that tsar of Kaisal. He has to feel that pain. He has to feel the tsar of Hashem. That somebody of Kaisal doing the wrong thing. No, but that I have to feel it's wrong. I have to feel it's wrong. I'm, I don't say accepting. I'm trying to help you. I'm not accepting, but I'm trying to help you. The guy's married to a non-Jewish woman, yeah. and, and, you're, and you're trying to be makar him. Like, now, think, think, think. What, what can I do with it? Thank, thank you, okay. Um, if somebody is married to a non-Jew, now, um, what, what are my options? Uh, either, 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 either I can leave him alone. So you, know, you make your choices in life. Suit yourself. Okay, so that means I don't care about you. Or, I, no, I do care. It disturbs me. A Jew shouldn't marry a guy. It's not, it's not the right thing to do. Now, what are my options? So, the one option is to try and befriend the person and try and explain to them what they're missing out on by living a Jewish life. Maybe I can get this spouse to convert one day. Whatever it's going to be. Okay, but then I have a mahalach, which means I'm trying to work with somebody to solve a problem. The problem I see is that a person's married to a non-Jew. It's, I see it as a problem. I don't see it as it's fine, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Now, is it going to, therefore, I hate you, I'll never talk to you again. What am I going to achieve by that? And therefore, if I want to we'll go out and try and change things, then I have to think. The right way to do it is, maybe the person doesn't realize why, maybe he doesn't realize why it's wrong. And maybe I have to explain to him why it's wrong. And maybe when he starts to see what Yiddish guy is, he'll realize that on his own. Fine, whatever it's going to be. But and even I have this, 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 uh, this couple around for many discussions and many meals, whatever it's going to be, maybe they're ever going to get to the stage where, you know what, I think you guys are fine. No, we, I'm fine, you're fine, we're just friends. Then I've lost the point. Then I've lost the point. The whole point was that it's not fine, I'm trying to again bring him to that point of realizing it and doing something about it. But when I'm going to accept it, then I'm going to drop it, and I've lost, the, I've lost what I tried to achieve. Now, does that mean I have to hate the person? If I really think that, I, that he doesn't understand, that he's making a mistake, that if, when he doesn't understand, he'll change, okay, so I'm, I'm working with him to try and improve him. Misunderstanding in different terms that's like happening right here, and so that's leading to a lot of confusion. I think, like, I don't know if I could try to put just something out there and tell me if I'm getting this right. Is that meaning when, when, when we say that, that that we don't accept, that doesn't mean we don't care about the person, doesn't mean we don't love the person. Meaning, I can understand where he's coming from, doesn't mean I accept what he's doing, and that doesn't mean that I love what he's doing. But because I love him as a person, and because I can even understand where he's coming from, therefore I want to change it. Yeah, again, it's, it's using a language which you have to understand what you're saying yourself. In other words, loving him as a person is, means that I see you as someone who I think is a good person and can do the right thing. But the way you are now is not good. And the way you are now is damaging me. And the way you are now is harmful. And I want to change it because I care about you. Fair enough. Whatever's going to be. Fair enough. Which means, uh, and this is now, I don't know if I have time today to get to the questions. Sorry? Translate into the Mesa. Translate into the Mesa, because I, I can relate to 
to a yid and I can, I can help him because he's a yid and I want to help him and I'm part of it. But do I see what he's doing as wrong? Or do I see what he's doing as, it's okay, but therefore I have a problem. And therefore I'm trying to change it. Okay. So right now, uh, again, you want to use that Lashon Beseda. The main point I'm trying to say is that, is that if, you say, if you're going to put across that you're okay, you're fine where you are, and when everything's good, uh, then you, it's, it's, a person is not, that's not right. It's, what a person's doing is not okay. Now, is he going to get judged in Shemaim as a Oynus or as a Shogig or as a Mezer? Well, that's, not, that's not my business. But it's not okay. And it's harming Klai Yisrael. And it's harming him. So then if that's okay, so I have a stand about it. And uh, if you have it, you want to say it in different words, then the side is, and that is that the, 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 the starting point of universal acceptance, everybody's okay. However they are, it's not my business to, to, have, to feel that. No. Okay. I'll say it again. If, if, if someone's harming you, you say he's okay? He is okay. His actions are not okay. His mindset is not okay. So the Maisa right now is so the Maisa right now is in a position which is not good. In a position which is doing damage. Does Tanik Shanishpa harm Kali's role? What? Does Tanik Shanishpa that's doing away with harm Kali's role? It seems that yes. Tanik Shanishpa is a pater that is not punished in Shemaim. It's still not there. What damage is he doing the Maisa? Klipas and whatever spiritual damage of errors do, he's doing. It's not like it didn't happen. It's a pater in Shemaim that is knowing this. The Hashem can't punish him for it. But for sure, it's a, for sure it's harm and Israel. And if that Tinnik was marrying a guy, so he's, so every, every time he's with her, he's sending the Shamas into the Sitrachah, whatever others are going to say. No, it's again, he's not in this. No, he's not in this. He doesn't know. Anyone that we don't give us rights is not in this. But that's not a not amazing. Okay, that's, that's the. What I really want to get to was the way people ask the question, how the different styles, which I'll do for next time. But I'm going back on the, the Ikea side. And that is, if, if the question is, um, why do you have to have an opinion about other people? Leave them alone. You, you live your life. Let them live theirs. Why do you care about somebody else? What's your business? The answer is, it's because if it's something which affects me, then, it makes, then, I, then I do care. If it, if it were nothing to do with me, yeah. Or if it's nothing to do with me, I don't care. But if it's something which does affect me, then I do care. And then therefore, it comes from the point of understanding that what, other, what people do has a significance in Shemaim. What people do changes the way Hashem runs the world. And therefore it makes a big difference to me. It's the same for Marshall always bring with the guy who wants to drill the hole under his seat in the boat. And so what do you care? It's my seat. I'm bringing the hole. What, what, you, you keep your seat. And the answer is, it's a well-known Marshall. Yeah, but if you're going to drill the hole in the boat, then everyone's going to sink. And that's, uh, that, that, that was the Marshall here. What someone else does wrong affects everybody. And therefore, should I care? Yes, I should care. Should, I, should it make a difference to me that someone else is doing something wrong? It makes a difference. should it make a difference to me. At the end of the day, Klai Yisrael are judged as a unit, and definitely each place is judged as a place, and therefore for sure, what other people do has an effect on me. Now, who gave you the right to decide what's right and what's wrong? Who gave you the right to say that what you, what you consider proper is true and what they don't? It's very simple. We have the Torah. It's not my opinion, and it's not my shit, and it's not my shkof, and it's not my philosophy. Hashem decided, and Hashem said, and I'm, I'm loyal to the, to the manual. Well, the Baruch Hu's side is right and wrong. That's what I'm going with as well. Now, the last point, and that is, does, well, what am I going to do about it? So, there is the famous story of the Chaznish. He said when, he used that, uh, when there were the times that he saw a car in Shabbos. So he used to shout to Shabbos. He said, the car driver can't hear you. So I wasn't shouting for him, I was shouting for me. If I see a very too often, I lose my sensitivity. I think it's okay. Some people walk, some people drive. A business to keep their sensitivity alive. 
which means uh, it could be I'm in a society where there are lots of people doing the wrong thing, and it could be that I'm dealing with people the whole time who are doing the wrong thing. It never becomes the right thing. A person has to keep, just like in other areas, a person has to keep the sensitivity for halacha strong, even if they're among people who are not keeping halacha. I have to keep my sensitivity for what's right and what's wrong strong as well. Even if it's not going to be the way I relate to the other person, like I said, that's a different point. Because my, my point in trying to relate to him is to try and help him change. But for myself, wrong, right is right and wrong is wrong. And it doesn't become right just because I've become desensitized to it. The important point is for myself. I'm still, I'm still considered something wrong to be wrong. And not only that, that's the motivation to try and change it. As when a person gets to the stage of accepting it, then there's, there's little, very little motivation to try and change the person. Accept it for what he is. And, that is even, and even if he has justification for being what he is, okay, I'm not judging you. I'm not the one to punish you. But I think that it's not the right thing you're doing. I want to, I want, and therefore, it disturbs me. And therefore, it's something I want to change. I mean, again, whether whether we're going to, how are we going to, are we going to, like, answer questions really for next time? But but uh, for a person for themselves, the anashkafe is, when I see something wrong, I have to know that it's wrong. And I'm not talking about the person who's married out. I'm not talking about the person who's in Mahal Shabbos. In any setting, it could be in the bench in the kodel. I see someone taking something which is not yet a pen which isn't there to write their notes with. It's wrong. It's gazel. Uh, wrong is wrong and I have to keep my sensitivity to for it and I see people doing something else wrong wrong is wrong uh, it's, it's not that uh, because it's somebody that I like or because it's somebody that I'm trying to like or because it's somebody that I know so then what they're doing is right no, a person has to keep a healthy concept of there is a standard Hashem set the standard that's the Torah what's right is right what's wrong is wrong now, at least for myself at least for myself because when a person gets to the, st- accept- the stage of accepting, that everything is acceptable. It could be like this, it could be like that, and it's all equally good. And then I've lost the, I've, I've lost the connection to the emes. I've lost the connection to the concept that there is an emes to stand in the world, and that's what I have to be loyal to.